I'm Jamelin Steffen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 27, Boundaries. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelin Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Like, really? I wish I could be just sitting with you having this conversation and you'd be able to do more of the talking than I'm about to do. And then I would know for sure what you need help with right now. And I probably could offer you a really great tool for whatever your current circumstances. I want you to know that when I record my podcast, I am thinking about you. I'm thinking about what you need to hear. And I hope that in the process of time, I help you understand yourself a little better and help you solve at least some of the problems that you have in your life. Sometimes when I'm working with a client and we're working on a particularly difficult relationship that they are in, they'll say to me, I think I need to set some boundaries. So today I want to talk about relationship boundaries, what I think they are and how to create them. I think the majority of the time, it's not a boundary that we need, but probably just an honest conversation. I think that more often than not, the problem has been that you've been people-pleasing or not telling the truth to the other person, and now you probably need to start doing that. For example, perhaps your neighbor asks you almost daily to watch her kids while she runs one errand or another, and you feel like you always have to say yes, but you kind of hate it. And you feel like she knows that you're going to say yes, and so she's taking advantage of you. And you may feel like, you know what? I need to set a boundary here, but she really hasn't violated your boundary. You actually only need a boundary if someone is violating it, if they're actually coming into your physical or emotional space without your permission. The reality is that in this scenario, you're giving your neighbor free reign over your time. You're doing it. Maybe she does take advantage of the fact that you won't say no. But you not saying no is not on her, that's on you. Too many of us forget that no actually is a complete sentence. You don't have to explain yourself or defend yourself. You can simply say no, but so many of us are too afraid to do it. So it can be as simple as when your neighbor phones to ask for childcare, you just say, oh no, sorry, I can't today. Or maybe you actually go talk to your neighbor and say, hey, I know I've helped you out a lot in the past, but I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. Whatever you want to do. The reason that I want to illustrate this is because nine times out of 10, people don't need to set a boundary with someone. They just need to be honest. They just need to do a better job of taking care of themselves. So if you have ever wondered if you need to set a boundary, you have to ask yourself, is this person actually coming into my physical or emotional space without my permission? Or have I just never really been honest with them about what works for me? I mean, if some random dude that I'd never met in my life suddenly walked into my house, that would be a boundary violation. If somebody punched me in the face, that's a boundary violation. If a clerk at a store started to swear at me and call me horrible names and got up into my face, that's really entering that emotional space. That's a boundary violation. But if someone is constantly asking for your help, 
that's actually not a boundary issue. The issue is your inability to take care of you in that situation. If your mother wants you to split your time equally between both sides of the family and always makes that known to you, that's actually not a boundary violation. Annoying? Yes, but she hasn't violated a boundary. So I just want that to be super clear. You don't need to set a boundary unless someone is coming into your space physically or emotionally without your permission. Now, I think of boundaries a little differently than other people do, and I teach it this way because I feel like it increases the chance of a positive outcome for everyone. But you certainly don't have to adopt this method of boundary creation. You can look at other ways to do it and do whatever feels good to you. The key to my boundary method is that the boundary is for you, not for the other person. So here's the analogy that I always use with my clients. When we went to Australia as a family, we went to this beach that we heard was so beautiful. We show up at the beach. There's not a soul on this beach. And I'm so confused because it's gorgeous and amazing and the water was amazing. I don't even love to swim in the ocean. It was warm and incredible. We had the greatest day at this beach. So the next day we went to another beach and it was packed with people. But here's what we learned. The beach we'd been at the day before didn't have a shark net. But the beach that we were at that day did. Now, apparently it's wise to swim where there's a shark net and not so wise to swim in the water without them. But the reason the people in Australia put shark nets in the water isn't to punish the sharks. They don't go out there and say, hey, like you have to change. You can't be like this. You have to stop eating people. You know, we should really rehabilitate the sharks. No more meat for you. That's not what they're doing. They're like, listen, sharks are going to be sharks always, which means they're going to eat meat, which means they will attack humans if they decide to. So we're going to put this shark net in the water. They put the shark net in the water, not for the sharks, but for the swimmers. It's for the people who are in the water so that they can freely enjoy the water and still have a good relationship with the sharks because the sharks aren't there attacking them. And if the sharks should somehow get to the other side of that net where the swimmers are, guess what? The swimmers don't harpoon them. They get out of the water. Okay, so I want you to think about this analogy as we talk because the shark net is not put into the water to change the shark. Sharks get to be sharks. The net is there to protect the people. The shark net isn't meant to punish the sharks or to make the sharks behave differently or to eliminate sharks. The net is there for the people. And that is how we want to set up boundaries in our life. Okay, so let's say that when, this is probably not you, but you never know. Let's say that when your husband is upset, he yells and throws things and swears at you and you don't like it. You feel intimidated and threatened. You don't feel very safe and you find your self-esteem really struggling after listening to him swear at you and call you names. So you decide that you want to set a boundary. The first thing I want you to do is to try to get to love. Love for you and love for him. Now, I'm not saying that this is easy. Often because we don't have a lot of self-love, we have put up with this kind of behavior for a long time. And it definitely can feel more difficult to love someone who is so emotionally out of control. But the idea is that you want to set this boundary because you love yourself and you love him and you want your relationship to work. With his current violation of your boundaries, the relationship isn't working great. So at least explore the idea that setting this boundary is a way to show love to yourself and to him. 
Because when you set the boundary and follow through, it will be actually much easier for you to access loving feelings for him. And that is more loving for him. So the first thing to do is to try and get yourself to a place of love for him and for you. You don't have to feel adoration, but just remind yourself that setting a boundary is the most loving thing you can do right now. Then you need to be really clear in your mind what the boundary violation is for you. Maybe him yelling actually isn't a problem for you. Maybe you're like, whatever, that's fine. But maybe when he starts to swear at you or if he starts to throw things or punch walls, that's where you're like, this is too far. This is where the boundary is violated. You get to decide this. There are so many people who will give you their opinion on what they think your boundary should be, but you get to decide and it's important for you to decide what it is for you. Then I want you to decide what boundary you want to set. Remember, sharks get to be sharks. So what do you want your shark net to be? I think the best way to do this is with an if-then statement. You use this statement when you go to inform the other person of your boundary, or at least you are going to use it to have a clear idea in your mind of what this boundary is. So the if part of the statement is in regards to his behavior in this scenario. And then the then part of the statement is what you are going to do as a result of their behavior. Now you want to be careful here. It's telling the person what you are going to do if the person continues in that behavior. It's not telling them how they have to behave. Remember, sharks get to be sharks. And if a shark somehow crosses the net into the swimming water, the swimmers act. They get out of the water. They don't waste their time telling the shark to get out or how the shark should behave instead. When you set a boundary, you are not trying to control what someone else does. You are just stating how you are going to manage yourself in the situation and what actions you are going to take. And again, these actions are not meant to be punitive to them. You are not punishing them. You are just protecting yourself. Threatening someone or telling them how they have to behave is not setting a boundary. So in this scenario with your imaginary husband, you could approach your husband, preferably when it's not the heat of the moment, right? And say, hey, I really don't like it when you get upset and start throwing things and swearing at me. I don't feel safe and it's hard for me to love you in those situations and I want to love you. So now here comes the if then statement. So if we are having a heated discussion and you start to throw things or swear at me, then I'm going to excuse myself from the conversation and I'm going to go for a walk outside or go to another room for a while. Do you see how if you set the boundary in that way, it's not dictating how he has to behave? It's just set up so that you are super clear in your mind about what you're going to do. And it all falls on you to follow through with that boundary. You're not threatening him. You're not telling him that you're going to punish him. You're not even leaving the conversation to punish him. You're not leaving that argument to punish him. It's simply laying out a way that you can have a relationship with him that allows you to love him without allowing him to eat you up and spit you out. Essentially, what you're doing is you're saying, here's the shark net I'm setting up, and I'm going to allow you to be a shark. Now, this is only effective if you stick to the boundary. If you make a boundary request and then you don't follow through, you've only made an idle threat. You can't be so proud of yourself for buying a shark net, but then not put it in the water. 
And you have to expect that that person is going to keep doing what they've always done, even once you've set the boundary, because it works for them. You could tell your husband your boundary, right? You can say, if you swear and throw things, I am going to leave the conversation. I love you, but I'm going to leave the conversation for a while. That doesn't mean he is going to suddenly change. What he's done in the past has been effective for him in some way. It has got him what he wants. And so he is going to try to use it and get what he wants still. So this kind of reminds me of the original Jurassic Park movie. Do you remember? It's kind of close to the beginning of the movie. And they're talking about the raptors and how smart they are. And the trainer, I don't know what he is, the guy who's in charge of the raptors tells them, that the raptors systematically test the fences, even though they're electric, like even though they get electrified every time they do it, because they want to test the fences for weaknesses. They are looking for opportunities to get out, get through the boundary. You have to know that when you set a boundary, there are going to be some people who will be like those raptors. They are going to test the fence. They are going to see if you will follow through, especially if you haven't followed through in the past or they can see you as too much of a people pleaser to follow through. Remember, these people may not care about boundaries or even recognize their behavior as violating a boundary because they've been crossing them in your relationship already to get what they want. There's a high chance they're going to test the fence. You need to be ready for that. Don't set a boundary you refuse to uphold and stop blaming them for violating a boundary that you are not willing to hold on to. So, the most essential step in setting up a boundary isn't deciding what your if-then statement is going to be. It is holding that boundary. Learning to uphold a boundary is going to be uncomfortable and you may fail at it at first. In fact, if you are new to boundaries, just expect that you may not perfectly follow through every time. But just commit yourself to doing your best. You might be able to do great at it. Often people don't set boundaries because they don't think they can follow through with the consequence that they've put in place. They don't feel like they can follow through with their action. But as you set boundaries and follow through with them for you, not for them, and loving you and them, your trust in yourself will increase. Now, in our scenario with the husband throwing things and swearing, you could set this boundary without telling your husband if you want to. Some boundaries we set may never have to be stated. I don't need to tell someone that they can't walk into my home without me calling the police. Like, I don't have to be explicit about that boundary. And maybe you don't feel the need to express your boundary to someone else that you set for them. The advantage of telling your boundary to someone sometimes is that it gives them some insight that they may have been missing. So first of all, it's going to tell them what to expect. It's not going to shock them when you walk away or whatever you do. But perhaps telling your husband that you're going to walk away if he swears at you will be enough for him to decide, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Sometimes just sharing the boundary will eliminate your need for it. Now, some people have fears around establishing a boundary, and that's normal. In our heart of hearts, we wish everyone would just behave themselves so we wouldn't have to do the hard or uncomfortable work of holding to a boundary. And again, the fear of failing at holding that boundary can make you not want to do it. And we can also fear what will happen when we tell the person about the boundary or when we first hold the boundary. And I get it. This is not easy, but sometimes it is necessary for your mental and physical health and you are worth it. 
And really, there are benefits that come when you establish a boundary. I often talk to my clients about cycles in marriage. We all have them. And some of them actually serve our marriage really well and others just don't. So in the case of our example before, if you're in a cycle with your husband where you start to have a discussion with one another and then you get a little defensive and then he gets a little defensive and then you start to tell him why he's wrong and then his frustration level creeps up and then you tell him to calm down and then suddenly he's throwing books and swearing and then you're yelling at him and on and on it goes, this cycle, right? That's a behavioral cycle that is not serving your marriage. So by setting a boundary, you are actually breaking that cycle. You're stopping it. When he starts to swear, if you say, hey, well, I love you, but I'm not going to stay here while you swear at me. Hopefully we can talk about this later when you've calmed down. And then you exit the room. You've stopped the cycle. And in doing that, you actually force both of you to enter into something new and hopefully something better. I tell my clients that when you stop participating in your part of the cycle, you put a positive pressure on your spouse to improve his behavior as well. He's not going to like it at first, and he may still try to get you to engage in the cycle because it's comfortable. But the more you hold to that boundary, the more likely it is that he will finally give up and learn to do something different, decide to do something different. So establishing that boundary is going to improve your relationship with others. It is so much easier to love some people with a boundary in place. Establishing boundaries also improves your relationship with yourself because you're essentially telling yourself that your needs and desires matter. It's a way of taking care of you. By walking away from your husband when he's swearing at you is a way to show love to you and reinforces the fact that you are worthy of being treated well. It also helps your self-esteem and self-respect when you honor your boundaries because you have more trust and more confidence in yourself that you will take care of you. And you start to teach other people how you want to be treated and you learn to come through for you. This does so much for your self-esteem and for your self-respect. Lastly, it will decrease your level of stress when you have the boundary embedded in your mind and you know you will come through for you. It's like we teach our kids, like, I want you to make a plan ahead of time of what you're going to do when someone offers you drugs. We do this so that one, the response they give can be easy and automatic, but two, so they don't have to worry about it ever again. The decision is made. It takes so much stress out of our life when we know exactly what we're going to do ahead of time. So just to recap, when you set a boundary, remember you are setting it for you, not for them. You put the net up but sharks get to be sharks. Try to get to a place of love for you and for them when you set that boundary because the reason you're putting the boundary in place is to show more love to yourself and to make it easier to love them. Decide on your if-then statement, right? If you do whatever, then I'm going to do this. And remember, you're not going to punish them. That's not what your then statement is. This is about protecting you. If you cross the shark net, I'm getting out of the water. It's not, if you cross the shark net, I'm going to harpoon you, okay? And lastly, follow through. Keep your word to yourself. Now, if you genuinely feel like, I know I have a relationship in my life that I need to set a boundary in, and I don't feel confident doing this myself, I want you to come and see me. 
click on the link in the show notes, go to my website, jamelinstephan.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook under Jamelin Coaching and click on the link, come for a free 25 minute session and let me get you started on this journey of setting a boundary. I'd love to meet you there. I have openings in my program and I would love for you to have one of those openings. So come and see me. I would love to help you if this is something you are working on. Have a great, fantastic week. I will see you next week. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelinstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelinstephancoaching.